And welcome to the Wrestling Headlines WWE Raw Review. My name is Matt Mayer, aka Imp, and we're live here on YouTube and also later in podcast form. Links in the description or head over to WrestlingHeadlines.net for your latest wrestling news. And choo choo! <laughs> I need to, I can do that better. There's the, there's, uh, the rock. <laughs> I just saw how I looked in there in the camera. That was interesting. But yes, WrestleMania kicking down the tracks. That's <laughs> Braun Strowman. Oh my god, <laughs> choo choo, <laughs> a train.mp3 playing as Strowman expresses around ringside. Oh, what a talk, this was the number one thing people were talking about when I woke up, because <laughs> I'm being English, I feel like I've got that like, nice little kind of like, thing to save me here, where, uh, not save me, a nice little thing where I can look at what, like what's the most talked about thing from the show so I could get a kind of sense of what grabbed people's attentions, what segments are kind of worth maybe checking a bit more detail to. And this week it was the choo-choo. <laughs> it was Braun Strowman doing all that. Oh, yeah. Interesting way to talk. Well, I'll talk about that segment first because it's the name of the bloody thing. But uh, first off, my name is Matt Mayer, a.k.a. Imp. Uh, I can't remember if I plugged that. Follow me on Twitter. The damn Implicat. As damn as in damn. I've been trying to make a bit more regularly stream on the Twitch you could go into that thing if you care about a man read, uh, playing Japanese games uh, and reading the text in random British accents. <laughs> then yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, anyway, that's not the entirety of my channel. Why would I put it like that? <laughs> What's wrong with me? Anyway, so the match was... This is, this is the Monday Night Raw after Fastlane. We're kicking into gear towards WrestleMania. This is where suddenly we've got two weekends and then it's WrestleMania. So, like, this was aired. There's now only two left. And, like, normally my little reviews of how matches are happening and how Raw sometimes feels repetitive, it's not got much room for it to do... Like, I expect next week's show to be pretty crap, just in terms of what's been set up and how and the kind of tag matches we saw. I expect the middle of the show to be to feel extremely repetitive next week. I hope not, because it's WrestleMania season, but that's just how Raw's been recently. Do not have the same criticism... For Friday, Friday Night Smackdown. This is like a raw problem. It's not a WWE problem. It kind of is. <laughs> but on Smackdown, I mix it up enough where it's not that big a deal. Uh, on Monday Night Raw, the shows feel incredibly repetitive. They watch the same stuff a lot. And a lot of like a lot of the middle of this show felt pretty similar. Like Even the way this raw kicked off, uh, it was, yeah. But a lot of it did also feel like, ah, oh, crap. There's this raw, and then only two more, and then it's WrestleMania. We need to start filling out some matches. And for, me, and for me, I felt that last week. Last week, I was kind of joking and taking the piss out of the fact that Monday Night Raw has had to suddenly create so many matches because AJ Styles came out and going, we just went, well, isn't it a... like? Can you believe that AJ Styles doesn't have a match yet for WrestleMania? And my immediate reaction was, neither does anyone else. <laughs> At this point in time, if you're saying this, no other person has had a confirmed match on Monday Night Raw for WrestleMania. <laughs> Obviously on the show you got the big one on Drew McIntyre announced. Obviously AJ Styles with his match uh, tag match with Omos as well. Like stuff came out. I swear there was another one. I just forgot what it was. But and Randy Orton, Randy Orton ah, okay. There was a few that were definitely going to happen, just hadn't been announced yet. Like they were using Fastlane, like Randy Orton versus the Fiend. As I, also, I'm playing with my hair a lot on this one because I had a shower way too close to the show. Not put anything in it. <laughs> it's going to be flopping down, annoying me the entire time. Ah, but still. Feels fluffy at least. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So one of those things was Braun Strowman. In terms of both repetitive and kind of continuing from last week. Where it was a given this would be announced for WrestleMania. So you're not looking at the Raw roster going. Oh, what could they possibly do? They have to throw stuff about. What They have to have a, like a third party come in and suddenly set things up. That was the case with the women's division. But like there were quite a few in the pan. Like Randy Orton Fiend. Like Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon. Like you know these are happening at WrestleMania. They've not been officially announced. And that's what happened on this show. Like, quite a few segments of people walking out, pointing to signs. <laughs> I could, like, three off the top of my head definitely happened. I don't know if I've missed some. And uh, just, uh, I might have done. Who knows? But it was still, yeah, that even like, in terms of Super Pesky first, like, the show opened with Bobby Lashley versus Sheamus, which was last week's main event. 
And immediately I'm just like, why is this match happening? Like, other than getting everybody out there in a slightly different way, other than Bobby Lashley MVP just cut a show opening promo, because that's how last week's show started, and I'm never against it starting with a match. It's just, I was watching it like, there is absolutely no reason for this match to happen. The result is a set conclusion, which kind of sucks. But, like, why is this, like, even? <laughs> why is it even? So I, uh, yeah, I was watching it whilst not really caring anything about it, and then it all kind of set up stuff. Whilst Elias Braun Strowman was a straight up <laughs> repeat from uh, well from Fastlane, I've got the paper for you a second. It was a straight up repeat from Fastlane. Aside from one difference, where Elias sent to the outside after Braun Strowman's mighty drop kick was kind of just wobbling about. I was like, oh, what's going on? Braun Strowman goes for his ma- his big old charge around the ringside, and as he does it, the sound of a train running down the tracks plays over the top of him doing it. And when I went on Twitter this morning, the sheer <laughs> amount of posts about this thing, immediately I'm just like, was the rest of the show that bad? <laughs> that this is the thing you're talking about? But it grabbed people's attention. I think it's just because it's so out of left field. But for me, it's like, it's uh, it doesn't my feelings on it. It's an hilariously silly idea out of the creative house of overproduction. Like, it's one of those things where you watch it and just like, this is so bad, I've... I just had a right good time laughing at it, not with at. <laughs> so I'm not. I'm not going. Oh, actually, it's one back round for me. Like no, I'm laughing at it, <laughs> but I'm not like over the top. Kind of like this is awful. This is this is crap. This is this, this is like signalling the demise of wrestling with stupid stuff like this, just obliterating any form of believability. <laughs> just, no, I've had a I've had a laugh. Assumably they'll see the reception of this and probably not do it again. I mean, how on earth do you do this with a live crowd? Is the hope that they will choo choo choo? <laughs> I don't, is that the hope there? Where he charged, hopefully, this left such an impression that come WrestleMania, the live crowd choo choo along with Braun Strowman. <laughs> is he going to lead a choo choo chant? All aboard! <laughs> oh, that's, that's my WrestleMania predictions. When I play uh, worst case scenarios uh, with uh, wrestling shorts, I need to uh, do the all aboard <laughs> choo choo. <laughs> oh yes, I'm all for that. Yeah, but anyway, uh, yes, for me it was just a silly thing, and I've had a good laugh with it. It's one of those things that kind of blows up and t- gets the piss taken out of it. Loads of rock memes of relevancy. Just uh, highly recommend checking out those. Had a good laugh at those this morning. <laughs> it's just that yeah, we've all had a bit of fun. But I'm not, you know, like seriously <laughs> put off by it or anything. So, yeah, it was silly. I laughed at it. I continued to laugh as others laughed with it on social media. The gloriousness of social media. And uh, yeah, um, I'm all. Uh, by the, after today, I'm happy to not talk about it again, <laughs> unless of course they find a way to make it better. And for me, the getting the crowd involved, shouting all aboard, <laughs> that is how you do it. Have him play conductor. Get the people onto his train to uh, go on the tracks with him. That's what I do. <laughs> Don't never give me the booking stick. <laughs> just, I will run with it. <laughs> I will run with it, my friend. Uh, the match itself was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, oh, I forgot to say, uh, also Shane and Elias's uh, silly little song was uh, fun and silly. Yeah, yeah, a song about a broad showman being stupid. Like, this whole feud is silly. And I, I guess, like, the train noise fits into there as well. I guess, like, it was silly. <laughs> Uh, but one thing I will note, you ain't ever taking train boy seriously. <laughs> like my, <laughs> It gave me a good laugh. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that's my kind of prediction for that. It was, yeah. I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> it gave me a really good laugh. But all aboard. <laughs> Not like that. Like, all aboard and then... What, what noise would the crowd make? Will they just go choo-choo, like really emphatically? <laughs> what will they do? I'm... I'm Suddenly, I'm amping myself up for WrestleMania in the way I was not expecting to happen. <laughs> it's like, I cannot wait to see. I'm accidentally hyping this match up. I've got to stop. No, it's not getting over. <laughs> stop. <laughs> no. No. The Braun Strowman trade, I'm not accidentally going to do this. No, let's leave it. Let's leave it. <laughs> let's see. We've had our fun. <laughs> let's not WWE this. Oh, dear. Right. I've got a, I've got a rest of the show to review. I should probably get on with that. Oh, anyway... Whoa, whoa, it's WrestleMania. Let's get to the rest of Raw. I'm going to do that every week, by the way. Get ready for it. <laughs> this is the first time of me uh, doing, uh, first time reaching WrestleMania uh, with the, the video review thing. 
I say that like it's a thing. Like I've been doing this like really not that long in that whole scheme of things, and so every one is my first one. <laughs> it's like I say, it's Imp's first ever WrestleMania coverage with the video and stuff. Like yeah, because it's, it's my first ever of all the pay per views. <laughs> not done ever. Anyway, anyway, so Monday Night Raw kicked off with Imp's first final three weeks <laughs> to WrestleMania. We kicked off the show with the exact same match that ended the show last week, but with no reason given why this rematch was happening. But they, they used it to talk about the characters and the state they were in. And them clashing together, you got to see their current state, like where they're at, both physically and mentally and all of that. Like You got to see that play out. It was like a, a mini little character refresher of sorts. Um, it's one of those where, yes, there were other ways you could do this without just giving us a rematch from last week. But... That said, like again, they opened last week's show Bobby Lashley MVP. What were the, that would probably have been the opening, and like it turns that's also a repeat. And I, I, I kind of I like mixing it up. I'm not going to criticize them them opening up with a match. I'm perfectly fine with that. Uh, shame was he got his backstage segment with Matt Middle later, but this is his, like big showing. They didn't though give us a I guess it's getting nerdy kayfabe reason <laughs> for this match to be happening. It's just, it's happening. These are state the characters. Watch them wrestle, bloody, bloody, blah. We'll talk about WrestleMania whilst it's happening. We'll talk about Fastlane. Um, it, Drew McIntyre Sheamus at Fastlane was absolutely fantastic. And the fact you can see the like redness all over the back and all the welts and stuff still over Sheamus's back, like that is something to show how much beating they took. Uh, but yeah, a novel concept, kicking off a wrestling show with wrestling. Uh, even though it was a rematch from last week's main event. It was like, hey, got time to fill that way. <laughs> Sheamus coming off that brilliant war with McIntyre, uh, uh, yeah, with all the red, knackered, uh, glowing red with all the wounds, whilst Lashley is all fresh, but those hurt business kind of issues that are having are still apparent as they continue to show like Cedric Alexander accidentally hindering his stable mates to piss and pissing off Benjamin in the process as well. Like all of that hurt business issue, they're all still there. Which like was a way for Shamu to get a run in. Like he is completely beaten down. He should be getting beaten by Bobby Lashley almost with ease, given like the different kind of level of state going into it. But he's got Sheamus back in. The issue with the hurt business gave Sheamus like uh, suddenly he was able to get into the match and get in a string of efforts and close falls and put Bobby Lashley in trouble. But Bobby was always bobbling back to the surface. Ah, oh, vote an easy sentence for me to say. <laughs> just that. A, it was a strong match. Just obviously, this it's to lesser effect given we'd just seen it last week. And again, there was no real reason given for it. Uh, Lashley winning with the Hurt Lock as he gives an eye to Alexander and Benjamin who continue to hold their silly beef and he can see in Bobby Lashley's eyes like, for the God's sake, guys, <laughs> get over this. A uh, nice moment with those two beating up Sheamus after the match. Lashley looking like he immediately knew they basically just sounded a Scottish horn in beating up Sheamus. And into our first proper official WrestleMania title match face off we go. Uh, yeah, our first proper. Then I just add more and more niches on top of it. After the break, uh, Bobby and MVP lay down the line to Shelley and Cedric. Think before you act and tarnish the image of Bobby Lashley. You better do good, lads. You better get right on this. I'm MVP. <laughs> Not Vinnie Jones. I mean, Vinnie Jones playing MVP. Rabbit holes, get out of it. <laughs> Stop the voice. Uh, yeah. A uh, nice little... It, it built throughout the show. We'll, we'll return to Bobby Lashley and all the happenings <laughs> throughout the course of the show. But this was a decent little opener reminding of the current state of things. Uh, yeah, it's just... I, In terms of watching the match itself, I didn't have much investment just because well, why is this happening? Why would I... Why should I care about this? And the answer was wrestling with me now. <laughs> so I don't really, don't really care particularly. I didn't really care about the match. I zoned out a little bit. I'm writing my notes and stuff, but I wasn't particularly enthralled or paying attention really. It wasn't an opening that got me into the show. I think a lot of it was because it just picked up where it left off with the, but without you being given a reason to care other than you know these characters, right? Okay, cool. Yeah, I do, but <laughs> a lot of more than that. Uh, yeah, good, good start, good start. Uh, after that, another good match. They had a, like, the matches on this show weren't bad. I'll get into each one individually. Actually, let's not do a like over the, uh, not do a covering for all. <laughs> I go to uh, that's the whole point of a review like this to actually go into each segment and stuff. But Asuka versus Peyton Royce was up next, and the Raw, Raw Women's Champion in a singles match all of her own. No second fiddle to someone else's feud, nor again is it a match against Jax or Baszler. It's like oh bloody hell, it's been long enough. 
<laughs> she's finally in her own thing going to WrestleMania. And tonight was the night she finally got her first feud of this championship reign. Yep, she's been booked that badly. She hasn't had a feud. Similarly, there's one building with Charlotte Flair and go to WrestleMania. Then she contracted COVID and the door's been blown wide open. Like, what the hell happens now? And it's like, in terms of Asuka, again, it was Alexa Bliss while she was in a feud with someone else. It was uh, Lana while she was in a feud with Nia Jax in that whole thing. And they were on TV. And then she was playing second fiddle in the Charlotte storyline where Asuka was 100% going to lose to Lacey Evans until, until Lacey Evans' pregnancy. And now Charlotte's caught COVID as well. So like, thank God Lacey Evans versus Charlotte didn't, wasn't able, like, Lacey didn't get pregnant. And it went to WrestleMania. And, oh, and he's doing Charlotte Flair, Lacey Evans. Like, so, like, oh. If they were sticking with it, <laughs> they've now lost both of them. Uh, so if plan A was Lacey Evans Charlotte that that's gone that's gone out the window plan B Charlotte versus Asuka that's also possibly gone so yeah, at least at plan C maybe plan D like what on earth is happening with Charlotte have you got Asuka very Ripley happening so yeah oh it, let's talk about Peyton Royce though <laughs> she got this time to showcase like as Peyton Royce is the latest talent to voice herself on the talkie talk show a, a a tactic of diminishing returns if everyone gets to do it but like we are only like just approaching that bridge, so we're not on it yet. It's not time to throw our toys out of the car if we're driving across a bridge. Metaphor lost. <laughs> Warning. <laughs> Alarm bell sounding. Yeah, it's but anyway. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, she's getting a decent little showing here. And like, the second half of this match for me really kicked up. Lots and lots of lovely counters before Asuka kicked a lass in the face. Uh, Royce really did get time to shine here. I swear, like, she impresses every single time she's given an opportunity like this, but she just, like, she very, she'll get an opportunity and then drift away. Like, for it, and she impresses every time, so I don't quite know why, what they're not seeing for me. Like, especially, like, the level they're looking for. I don't know what it is. Like, each time she's impressed and then they've just gone, nah. And so it's time again for her to, like, like seriously, guys, I'm good. <laughs> and then go out, impress, for them to just go, nah. Again, <laughs> which is like it's a really weird cycle that she that they're in. I don't don't quite get it. Uh, anyway, she tapped out to the Ascalot because it's time to set up for WrestleMania. Uh, Rhea Ripley makes her Raw debut and immediately I don't know why I'm doing the card post for that and immediately challenges Asuka to a championship match at WrestleMania. Charlotte getting uh, COVID has opened that door wide open, and yeah, Rhea Ripley just straight out there, so like, going to sh- just immediately shooting a shot. <laughs> it's like yeah. I want to challenge you at WrestleMania, and the, the commentators are having it up like a huge thing, and Asuka's like, but you're not ready for Asuka. <laughs> My amazing Japanese accent. And Ray Ripley's like, I am, bloody am, though. And I was like, oh, right, then, yeah, let's do it then. You're cool. And that was kind of a feeling that's been happening a bit on Monday Night Raw, where it's a sudden panic of, oh, crap, what do we do for WrestleMania? Uh, these two people go out. One goes, oh, we should have a match. The other one goes, oh, all right, then, uh, WrestleMania graphic, boom, <laughs> immediately on. Uh, sometimes incredibly quickly after they just finish the segment, like, as quick as possible, get this in there, get them hyping it up. It's like, yeah, it's for me when I when I've talked about it before, with the difference between long term and short term storytelling and all of that and all the benefits and the things like that. And I've constantly said, when when it's that whole long term thing, like my stance on it is, it's not necessarily bad. WWE are constantly kind of writing up for that short term like excitement explosion, that that boom that kind of jolting you forward to the next thing. and But that's that's how they write. And that's not, again, it's not always bad. It's just like, for me, SmackDown's a great example of that. And so I guess SmackDown Live back in 2016 as well, like, you can write like that and it not suck. <laughs> they can be fine. But you look at Raw today and they're getting a bulk of WrestleMania matches booked and put together with nothing. Just suddenly, somebody walks out with absolutely no build. This is the match now. Almost AJ Styles of challenges for the tag titles. That's come absolutely out of nowhere. Ray Ripley admittedly planned C or D, but again, still just coming out there and challenging when Asuka was not the main focus of anything and she stayed champion in spite of plans to take it off of her. Yeah, she's, uh, yeah, she's now defending against Ray Ripley. Uh, sec- but there is a story there at least. And I feel like that's where WWE do do relatively well. Because I think I've said it before in my like, analysis of them, maybe just in column form, but they're really good at once they've got like a problem in front of them, they're pretty good at taking the pieces that they've had and making something of it. It's hindsight booking. And AKA, when you wrote the thing, that wasn't the story. 
But in hindsight booking, you've kind of made it work. And that's what WWE are pretty good at that. I guess case in point would be who attacked, who tried to kill Roman Reigns, like that storyline. And where it ended up with uh, Rowan and Harper, especially Rowan getting over as like a top heel. Like that wasn't a plan at all, but they took what they'd end up with, hindsight booked it, and suddenly, and they changed course and adapted, and it all, and it all worked out at the end. And that's where I feel they've gone with quite a bit of it <laughs> right now. Like you can 100% do this with Ray Ripley because she challenged last year as an NXT superstar and didn't win. This year, she's challenging as a full-time, like a full-time main roster person. Question is, does Charlotte get added or not? And I feel like because she's gotten COVID, oh, I just knocked my camera. <laughs> as she's, as Charlotte's gotten COVID, like who knows if she's going to be in any physical state to wrestle at WrestleMania? Like, yeah, for, again, you don't. Um, I don't think it's made public what kind of symptoms she's had, but you you don't know how you're going to react to the virus. And it could just be you can be you can be somewhere from asymptomatic, or to sitting at home feeling relatively fine, if not a bit dopey. To the other side, where it's take, I've seen some bodybuilders uh, talking about how it's take like almost like 11, 12 months after catching it, they're only just getting back to the reps they were doing before they caught it, because uh, what it attacks. Like if you can't really breathe, you can't really athletics good, <laughs> and that's a obviously for a wrestler that's an absolutely huge uh, like, kind of effect for it. And I think as like Nick Jackson was talking about how it, how long it feels like it's taken him to get back to where he was fitness wise. After he caught it, and because he, he said he was apparently like completely knocked out on his bed type and level with it, and when it, it's just not been a hundred percent for quite a while, like obviously it's different for every person. You don't know how you are going to react to it, so it makes sense to make a safeguard. Your WrestleMania match is Asuka versus Rhea Ripley. You've got a few weeks where Charlotte Flair might recover. End of the day. You've got Asuka Ripley. A large portion of the fans are going to be excited for that. Like that, That's fine enough on its own. But if Charlotte Flair is fit, you can make it a triple threat. Not the end of the world. It's fine. Just don't take Ripley out of the match. <laughs> Anything weird like that. Uh, anyway, another nice little segment here with a backstage bit with Drew getting to look smart again. Oh, how nice is that? I think I've missed the backstage. Oh, no, it was MVP. That was it. We're not doing uh, yeah, Drew McIntyre getting to look smart. How lovely. Uh, Adam Pearce informing him that Cedric and Shelton wanted a handicap match. McIntyre agreed to agreed that that didn't sound like a smart idea to accept. But he will if they agree to the stipulation that they're banned from ringside at WrestleMania if he wins. So he, he looks smart. Yeah, well done. Well done, Drew. <laughs> you big Scottish. I can't say bastard. <laughs> you big Scottish bastard. <laughs> Too late. I've gone for it. Miss TV was up next. Into a WrestleMania gear, Mizzy kicks. Uh, that's a little reference there. <laughs> Bigging up Bad Bunny's musical successes before laying down a one-on-one -on -one challenge for WrestleMania. Uh, but also not forgetting to use this to hype the debut of their own new music video next week. Hey, hey, hop, hop. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie. The ridiculous image watching them trying to diss whilst hopping around in bunny outfits, it got a legit laugh out of me. It's just like the way that they're kind of playing it, where there's like, yeah, we're, we're going to get in with this one. And Ms. Morrison's kind of overconfidence, and then you watch what they've created. <laughs> and it's just like a... Uh, I kind of like the level of humour there. And for me, like the reason I don't mind it either is because of like kind of the position they're in. This is a fantastic kind of spot for them to be in. For WrestleMania and everything. Uh, the only thing I didn't see coming was it's not a tag match. It's one-on-one, -on -one and you've got Morrison and Priest there at ringside. Which, again, isn't the end of the world. You can still have Priest do a, like an impressive thing at WrestleMania. Because at the end of the day, Bad Bunny's leaving. You want Damian Priest to then take that momentum and run with it. Like What he's generated from this match, assumably Bad Bunny's victory, assumably because of Damian Priest, he then takes a load of momentum and runs with it. Maybe when Bad Bunny's gone, he feuds with Miz and Morrison by himself and wins somehow, and it puts him over. But... Yeah, I was full on expecting a tag team match. In fact, it's going to be a singles competition. Yeah, it surprised me a bit to actually do that. And like, Miz is gonna, he's capable of doing this. All the guys here can make this work. And Bad Money obviously loves it enough to put the work in. So we'll wait and see. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, for me, perfectly great and fine WrestleMania celebrity match. And they've got a hell of a catch here in Bad Bunny. Uh, just yeah, go with it. Yes, roll with it. Sing with it. Um... 
I was trying to remember the next line and realised, what song am I saying? Oh, it's a Eurovision song. Leave it. <laughs> Leave it. My European is kicking in. The Miz versus Jeff Hardy. Another smart baby face. What's going on? Uh, Jeffrey got on the mic before the match to insult Miz's abilities, so he'd take him on one-on-one. Like, nice little trick there. And suddenly, here we are, with Miz getting a Wii showcase ahead of taking on Bad Bunny, uh, reminding us he can go in singles competition. I feel like this is kind of, because he's been a little bit of a joke because he got destroyed by Bobby Lashley, this kind of match is needed. Like, you need to kind of remind us that, no, Bad Bunny is getting in there with a wrestler. And the Miz wins a wrestling match. So, yeah. The baddie, the smart one in the end, using the ring post to wobble Hardy after he attempted a twist of fate, right into the school-crushing finale for the win. Uh, chatting crap to camera when Bad Bunny swung in from behind with a guitar to the back. Revenge for last week, reaped. Uh, just, um, just the old, I accept your challenge, bitch. <laughs> like, you know he's serious, because he said the word. <laughs> he said it. <laughs> he said the B word, and therefore you know he's serious. Yeah, Vandy got to uh, go to the next level there, which I can't because I'm on YouTube. Uh, uh, duh, damn it. <laughs> Out of all, the Riddle comedy. Moving on, nice and smoothly. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still like, vocally coming down from the high of the last sentence, but I'm transitioning, damn it. Uh, yeah, I've, I've just talked everything I can about Bad Bunny. It's time to move on. <laughs> Out of all the Riddle comedy, the only one that's made me laugh is the recent addition where he just scoots past <laughs> in like a separate segment, like revving the engine, like, and just goes <laughs> straight past them. Uh, it gets me. It does get me. But later in the show, we did get uh, like a baby face turn for Seamus for the lands of Britannia. <laughs> WWE's new Irish interview robot uh, got to chinwag with Seamus, uh, getting out his frustrations before Riddle scooted on in and around Seamus as he just talked at him, listing off like every Irish stereotype in what was meant to be like a genuine list of questions because he was just interested. Uh, There's every Irish stereotype he could think of before Shamu, understandably, took said scooter and beat him up with it. <laughs> just what I'm watching is just typing Seamus is 100% the baby face in this. <laughs> like, especially at least for us on the lands of Britannia. Like, yeah. I, my surname is Mayer, M-A-H-E-R. It's Irish. I'm second generation of, of Irish grandparents. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, you saw it in Ireland. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm still close. I'm still heritage-wise close enough to support Ireland in sports teams and everything. World Cup, I, I, yeah, I watch Ireland matches just like the England matches. Yeah. Shamus. <laughs> Fight for the pride of Ireland. Uh, yeah, I did go to a... When, when I was in Rome, Italy, uh, it would have been three years ago. I can't get time right. But yeah, whenever that was, and there was a, there's an Irish pub in Rome, and I went there and, uh, yeah, had a lovely meal, had a lovely drink. But whilst we were there, immediately, me and my brother's just like, uh, yeah, we're not Irish, are we? <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. It's like, no, the, these people are Irish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, but yeah, I'm not just casually dropping Gaelic. <laughs> yeah, we're not Irish. <laughs> not even close. No, a hundred percent. Yeah, I've lived in England my entire life. Yeah, I have been to Ireland, but I'm yeah, definitely not Irish. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. Shame, but yeah, Seamus is a hundred percent the baby face in this. He's just listed off a like a bulk of offensive stereotypes, <laughs> and he's got beaten up for it. Like, yeah. Yeah, well, why why is he the good guy in this? <laughs> no, he deserves to get beaten up. <laughs> Learn about the world, man. <laughs> or have Seamus beat it into you. Uh, we're behind you, Seamus. <laughs> we're behind you. Beat that man for the title. Anyway, AJ Styles and Omos. Yes, so immediately I'm just like, this is the tag team curse. Where as soon as we know what the match is, it's announced last week, AJ Styles uh, will be tagging with Omos for his WrestleMania debut. Uh when uh, yeah they wrestle for the Royal Tag Team Championships and New Day and AJ Styles kind of use this to big up Omos really and talk about how grand of an amazing thing that is for them to be wrestling at WrestleMania and it's like his big debut and they go for a championship and imagine us two as champions and all of that all out the goat <laughs> but yeah it's a it's an it's an interesting one because they're immediately into the tag team curse so or the tag team booking curse where, yes, you get some nice little matches and you get some nice back and forth, but the tag team curse of get ready for AJ Styles individually facing New Day every single week. Like, you beat the tag team curse, <laughs> Like Unsurprisingly, 
this was a nice mid-show match. Like, Kofi and AJ is a great little pair we don't often get to see. It's just, uh, yeah, we're going to be seeing this a lot. I say a lot. The thing that absolutely saves it is there are now only two Raws to WrestleMania. Next week, almost guarantee it, we're getting Kofi... Kofi. We're getting... What's his name? AJ Styles. <laughs> we're getting AJ Styles versus Xavier Woods. That, that's the match next week. And I kind of feel like it's set in stone. That is what we are getting. But with what's happening... Uh, like what's that? Well, I guess what's happening kind of with Omos and that. Lot, I, I don't know if something else will kind of change in there. I feel like there's a few matches except for WrestleMania when you can mix it up in terms of the segment that you are doing. We'll wait and see. We'll wait and see them mix it up. We got a little bit of it because like before the match there was a nice little back and forth, like New Day taking the piss out of how their opponents don't really know each other with a little game of Mister and Misses. As AJ predicts every answer incorrectly. Just, yeah, of course. <laughs> With the amazing uh, Xavier Woods line, like, how are you going to beat us when you don't even know his favourite colour is mauve? <laughs> it's just, no, that was, it built to a nice line. I enjoyed that. Um, but in the match itself, Omos's stoic presence again working distraction to save his man from trouble in paradise. I shouldn't have done the point. <laughs> it was too much. Uh, both lads looking impressive here as... Each one fought back against the other. Plenty of back and forth. Uh, Kofi then saved by his ringside friends in woods, blowing his trumpets to stop a phenomenal forearm. I love that. I love that idea. Omos had saved AJ from a trouble in paradise. Then when it looks like, oh, it's going to happen now. No, Jimmy Woods just blows the trumpet and scares the crap out of AJ. He's like, oh, I love that. <laughs> that was great. Uh, Omos then chased woods away as uh, Kofi then uh, caught AJ's follow-up attempt. And he won with the SOS, uh, which cues uh, AJ shouting at Omos, like, what were you doing? Why weren't you there to save me? So, ah, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, building up nicely, I guess. It's a mid-card match I don't particularly care for. It completely highlights the issue with the tag team division right now. And again, until last week, this they had no idea what they were doing. Maybe they might have been going with AJ Triple H and then they had to completely change course, but... Almost it's getting the big E kind of thing, like a big muscle guy who gets here, who's there as a big hoss, who helps distract up to WrestleMania, then he's competing for the Tag Team Championships on the show itself in his debut. Like, it's almost identical to Big E in that sense. Aside from the fact he's seven bloody feet tall, he's very, very big, uh, and apparently very, very green. I mean, he can do it well. Like, we've recently watched AEW put on a match I generally really enjoyed with Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> like, they can do it with Amos. Omos, it can work. It's far. If, Sha if Shaq can do that, <laughs> Omos can do it. Like, it's, I'm not pointing out the, well, if he can do it, anyone can. I'm just saying, it's totally workable. <laughs> it can be fine. It's in a tag team setting. It, it's all good. It's, it's, it's a setting I was expecting for Bad Bunny. But it can work. Like, it's all right. It's a little debut thing. He's there with AJ Styles. Like he's a fantastic guy to be like alongside with as well in all of this. Oh, yeah. Anyway, after this we got Matt Riddle rightfully getting his ass kicked, <laughs> and then to Drew McIntyre in his handicap match with his stipulation put on top of it. Uh, Cedric and Shelton trying to make amends, instead just making things so much worse. Uh, Drew dominated the first half, but business was back on top after the break. Uh, McIntyre fighting back with Scottish fire. And going on an awesome final flurry. Like, turning both lads inside out and nailing the Claymore on them both to pin Alexander. And as soon, again, as soon as that happened, that was immediate reaction in my head that I would be so surprised if we don't get this match again next week, but in some sort of like MVP asks you to amend your wrongs kind of angle. It's a raw booking crutch. Like, feuding with a faction, you only wrestle that faction. <laughs> Even if it's a direct rematch, like every single week. Again, though, the saving grace is that short window till WrestleMania. Like, not much space to get tired to seeing the same pay, uh, pairings over and over again. Like, worst case, we get a rematch next week, but that's it. And we get, oh, like a big old stare down Bobby Lashley next week to set us up for the title match. Like, it's, I, there isn't any room to give us, like, repeat after repeat after repeat. But we can have a, a, a well, like one repeat. <laughs> we can do it once. It'll be all right. Uh, yeah, but also, but again, like immediately in the aftermath of this, after the break, MVP and Bobby Lashley again ripped into the stablemates. Like losing trust in the two, Bobby Lashley then puts a bounty on Drew's head. Going to the 24-7 Geek Locker Room <laughs> and offering a title match to anyone who takes McIntyre out before WrestleMania. 
Like, I appreciate the note. I appreciate the tone kind of set here with Bobby Lashley. Generally, just it's not that he, it's not that. Of course, he wants business taken care of. It's the fact that he's lost faith in the guys that sh- he feels should be doing it. And I guess a lot of it is the talent of Drew McIntyre. You see that quite often with a baddie, where he blames his subordinates, but the reality is, the guy they're fighting is just so damn talented. Like, he, he keeps sending his men in, and he keeps shouting at them, but Bruce Lee keeps kicking them all down. <laughs> like, what's he going to do? Uh, yeah. I will say, Drew McIntyre looks great in all of this. Like, his war with Sheamus, like, kind of, Elevated to a nice little level. He's got a lot of momentum going into the show. And then he def- wins in a handicap match as well. Without shenanigans from either side. Like, it was just straight up. They tried to work the handicap match. And Drew fought back with incredible fire. They couldn't hold him back. And he won. They were on top for a bit. But they couldn't keep him down like overall. So yeah. Decent stuff. It's just that my only downside is. Given how Raw. Given the present that Raw has set. I so expect a straight-up rematch. That's just what I'm expecting. So yeah, just run it again. Run it again. I wish they wouldn't, <laughs> but that's just that's what I'm expecting. And again, again, expecting AJ Styles to take on Xavier. And that's my that's my main issue with Monday Night Raw right now. And it, we got Elias Strowman as well, which is also a rematch from Fastlane. And we got Bobby Lashley Sheamus open through, which is also a rematch from last week. There's a lot of repetition. If it's not directly exactly the same, it's the same people interacting with the same guys. Like the same players are all kind of there, and especially the middle of the show is just chock full of it. <laughs> it's just the same stuff, and it, it, it sucks really to watch. <laughs> it's just it doesn't feel like there's variety. It's one of those where you can point at it and go, ah, oh, but technically there's variety. It's like it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it feels like you're watching the same. So somehow things are progressing. Yeah, yeah, somehow it feels like you're watching the same show every week. <laughs> How is that even possible? Um, yeah, it it's technically things are different, but it doesn't feel different because you're watching the same players interact. Uh, and uh, yeah, just mix that up. You've got a massive roster. Use it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's fine. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, I guess another example of that is the women's tag team scene. So we've got Mandy Rose and Dana Book versus Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler with Reginald. Uh, the entire women's division centering around Reginald. <laughs> like, also, are we headed to a like a multi-tag match at WrestleMania? Uh, Lana and Naomi are were on commentary for this as challengers, but as challengers, like, it just feels like their moment's been held off and off since becoming that number one, since capturing that number one contender spot, and they're not exact. They've not exactly been convincing as top contenders, and the focus now is on Reginald <laughs> of all things. It's like, oh, okay, fine, I guess. Do we get a triple threat, or do we? What do we get here? Because they're not doing Nia Shayna. Do they have Reginald's side with Nia Jackson? Shayna's clearly not happy with Reginald being there. Does not give a toss. Uh, could that be the thing that splits up Nia Jackson and Baszler? Who knows? <laughs> Who cares? Uh, Reginald flipping about the place uh, for some reason, like directly in the middle of the ring on occasion. Like it's not a side thing. Like this is the focus of the match. <laughs> is what is Reginald doing? That's kind of how I was put over in commentators. I was like, I mean, it, it's like, wow, he really is athletically impressive, but also at the same time, what's he doing <laughs> in terms of the match? Kind of came They're the two notes they were playing in this song. It's, uh, but yeah, it's not even a distraction for his team. Like, he's flipping about and showing off, and that gets Nia Jax in trouble. <laughs> like, what is this? They're just out enjoying themselves, doing their own thing. Just because. <laughs> like, what is this? What is it building to? Uh, in the end, he was a distraction, though, in a good way. He stopped Shane, uh, Shana. He, he stopped Dana from splashing down onto Nia Jax and then avoided a follow-up charge with a uh, wee front flip handspring on the apron. And the ego. But he's impressive, though. Uh, in the end, though, yeah, I think Nia Jax hit a Samoan drop for the win. Yeah, it's a... It's a it's a wi- I don't know where this is any of this is going or if it's going anywhere. I'm watching I'm watching these women's matches happen and, and I'm just like, where's this going to it? Yeah, given the commentary, it made me think they're doing Nia Jackson Baszler versus Lana Naomi at WrestleMania. Given the kind of state of the field, I assumed maybe a multi-tag team thing like they did at the previous WrestleMania with the crowd. What number was that? 36? I don't know numbers anymore. It says WrestleMania's. It's like, it's WrestleMania pirate ship this year. <laughs> I don't know the number of it. <laughs> it's just completely whoosh right over my head. Uh, but yeah, that was a really weird <laughs> tag match. I've got no idea where it's going. What, what the point of any of it is. It's 
if reached that point where I'm starting to not pay attention, and in terms of like big, building the women's division, they're dangerously close to this being just a set, like a type of segment where I just mentally zone out. This is like, well, what is the point in any of this? <laughs> What's not happening here? Uh, yeah, we'll see. Anyway, after that, we got the choo-choo train. Uh, moment of the show. <laughs> moment of the show. But the main event was Vandy Orton and The Fiend. In uh, yeah, again, some people absolutely love The Fiend. That's what we found out when we ran the uh, Wrestling Headlines End of Year Awards, was those who like The Fiend really like The Fiend. And we'll, like, we'll go out to vote for him as well, to get him up into second place. And yeah, so there's quite there's quite a lot of people who generally enjoy this stuff. For me, extremely hit and miss. I'm not as negative on this current fiend outlook that's happening right now as others I've seen, but I had massively fallen off beforehand. And and I guess part of it is I immediately recognise like 80s sequel stuff here. Like Bray Wyatt for me, it just he's living his 80s horror slasher fandom. And because this, this is right out of the wheelhouse, <laughs> this is like a hundred percent eighty slasher sequel like nonsense with the guy coming like he's you think you've killed him, you think you've killed him by blowing up the building, but then he just walks out completely ashen. <laughs> it's complete, completely black in it, and it continues to somehow walk, and you can see his flesh is I guess all charred and everything, and he keeps on walking. It's like yeah, this is straight out of that that eighty slasher kind of thing that you'd see. Um, yeah, with the kind of like the magical nonsense in there a little bit as well. Yeah, for me, it's right out of that. And also, we get serious Randy because he gets to say the S. He can't say the S word. He said the S word. <laughs> He's been naughty. <laughs> that means this is really serious. Uh, honestly, I will say, okay, like that one does stand out. Like when bitch is the only one allowed year round whenever somebody says something higher up the list, higher up the ladder, the swear word ladder, the naughty word ladder. <laughs> Whenever somebody says a word higher than that, you're more likely to get a bit of a reaction. Like when, like we live in this era with like no blood, but whenever there's any form of blood in WWE, it feels like it, it means a lot more. It's just a different reaction. It changes the feeling of the match just because we don't get it. And I guess little forms of swearing are that as well. You don't get swearing. So when it happens... You know, they're like, okay, I should listen to this because they're telling me this is ultra serious because he said a naughty word and they didn't bleep it. Unless that was just our UK feed. I know in America I've heard ass bleeped. <laughs> when, I was, when I was growing up, they bleeped ass. Even in the version that aired over here when it's not an issue for us. <laughs> not a problem at all. But that's the feed that went out. Smackdown, they never, they can, you can never hear the ass word on, on Smackdown. Uh, I've not checked if it's fine for YouTube. <laughs> I've said it a lot. I might have put myself in it. Uh, yeah, anyway... The segment itself, Bliss with a jack-in-the-box uh, to bring out the fiend. Randy was prepared, though, another smart. Is he babyface? I don't really know what's going on here. Like, I assumed Randy Orton was the heel and the fiend was the babyface. The fiend stuff was all like, meant to be babyface stuff getting into. That's how the feud started. But now, Randy's still like his heel. He's still him, the heel guy. But the fiend is like this massive monster right now that's definitely not a babyface. <laughs> so what is this? It's a world full of heels. Anyway, Vandy was prepared, already with the gasoline. He's going to burn the fiend again, because it clearly worked the first time. I guess if you just burn him more, <laughs> he'd never be burned. But the fiend just let it all happen. Like, he, he arrived, he got there, and he was just standing completely still as Autumn poured the gas. The non-reaction, enough to freak out Vandy, who just hit the RKO instead and grounded the man, monster, whatever he is. Uh, Bliss down, uh, get run down to the ring to get in for a little distraction for the fiend to rise back up for the mandible claw and sister Abigail to Orton. And honestly, I really like this <laughs> in terms of like the little story they were telling, and in terms of me viewing this as pure eight, like because they hit that note yesterday. It's like right, okay, my bar is eighty slasher stuff, and that's where I'm at with this. And this again, this bar hit that. That's where my bar is. I don't. I'm not measuring it to other things because they they told they kind of set the tone at Fastlane. I was like, right, I know where this is at now, so I can continue to watch it in that at that level. And that's the kind of like if it hits that eighty slash of five they're going for, uh, then they continue to succeed with that idea, <laughs> I guess. Uh, but like, I like the idea of it's the fiend in body, but what's left of him is just a charred monster. Like, there's none of that. 
Alexa is now embodying all of the human elements of the fiend, as Bray shows no emotion aside from the roaring, which is definitely like a later act eighty slasher thing that happens when he is like Freddy Krueger, like dropping cheeky lines and making gags and things, but in that final act, just uh, normally a little bit more serious, oh, or at least in the, what was it? Was it called? Was it called the final cut? Or was that like a director's edition? I can't remember. They did, they did a nineties thing when it was different. Where it was the writers, right? I'm not that big on horror. <laughs> I know a bit. Uh, yeah, I don't do horror. I don't do scary stuff, mate. But I know I scarily know enough about Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, scarily enough, that's an accidental pun. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, I'm into the fiend stuff because again, this this next beat where they did kind of because you don't get that feeling on pay per view. Like he's just returned to his move, but on more, you got to see the extent of the damage, and it's not just he's there as a charred kind of monster type thing. It's like, oh no, he's like all of those kind of like human elements. Like he's, he's, he's flesh. <laughs> he's moving flesh, but he's not of mind anymore. Like he really is just this big brute of a monster. And like, like, like again, like you get in the final act of those horror films. You think you've killed it, but really when it returns, it's now even worse because it no longer has any human element left. It's just a monster and it will not stop, stop going for you. Yeah. Controlled by Alexa Bliss, who is controlled by The Fiend. Oh, it's weird. Yeah, is it... The Fiend is able to control Alexa, or is it Alexa bringing back this body which is just not in, in any good state? Or is... I don't know. Don't get into it, Imp. <laughs> it's not that big a thing. I'm going... There's way too much depth when there isn't any. I've already said... For me, that's where it is. Yeah, the depth is 80 slash a thing. Like when they think they've killed the monster, but it returns and it's even worse for this final act. I feel like that is what they've done here. That's what they're going for. Don't dig into it anymore. <laughs> Just leave it. Don't dig into it anymore. Ah, right, okay. Yeah, I'm going to end the show now. <laughs> That'll do. But yeah, not a Monday Night Raw with like, lots to talk about. And I got that in, as soon as I finished the show, I was like, I can see. Like, the big talking points are lots of things set up for WrestleMania. Lots of matches to kind of look forward to, but because there's no been not been any build for a lot of it, it's kind of, oh, where's this going then? Uh, Lashley McIntyre continues to build well. Asuka Ray Ripley is exciting. Get ready to watch AJ Styles fight New Day a lot, and that, that's going to be relatively fine itself. Uh, Randy Orton the Fiend gets made official as well. But the big talking point, point, again, the main talking thing on social media when I woke up today was the Braun Strowman choo-choo noise, <laughs> and that's what's going to stuck. So I guess it's the best way to end the show as well. Yeah, so uh, thank you for listening, uh, watching, liking, engaging in any form whatsoever. You can uh, hit me up on Twitter at the damn Implicate. You can watch my Twitch streams uh, over at the Implications with two S's. And I'm live every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, sometimes Friday, uh, currently Sunday. Just that's because I'm getting on my brother's channel and I stream at the same time for that. So it's not quite, it's not on my schedule, it's different. And uh, also the uh, New Japan Cup column, I'm putting it up tomorrow morning. So by the time Americans wake up uh, tomorrow, which is Wednesday morning, the New Japan Cup column for week two, which I've been writing with Jeremy Donovan of the Keeping It Strong Style podcast. Uh, that is going up tomorrow morning. Yeah, I might as well hype it. Keeping It Strong Style podcast. Pretty certain that's dropping tomorrow too. Uh, so yeah, all your New Japan stuff, it's all there as well. Yes, I've been doing a New Japan Cup, keeping up with that, writing a column, <laughs> doing focus up for everything. I'm a mad person. Why do I also do Twitch? Do I like sleep? Yeah, I do actually. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I need to get to sleep because I've got one day to recover. Then it's time for the NXT review. But WrestleMania season, has it got you excited? Are you looking forward to it? Has this done a decent job to uh, kind of get you excited or at least start to deliver on matches for a card and things coming together? We missed Bad Bunny as well, a really strong like, middle-of-the-card bit of entertainment. It's, the matches themselves aren't awful on paper. It's just the typical WWE thing of they'll likely kill it in the ring and have a, we'll have a fun old time. But the actual build, creative part of it is the bit that lets down. But I feel like they've, they've got quite a few home runs. And you're going to see seeing it pay off with Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, where that main event title picture, like, all year round has been held... It's been kind of done really well. Same with Roman Reigns over SmackDown. Like, that top spot, both brands have nailed it. So it's, it's great to see, really. All for it. Yeah, it's been a good year for uh, world champions in America. Uh, that 2020. Uh, John Boxley killed it in AEW. And then got Kenny Rago, I think, is also killing it. you got Roman Reigns killing it. you got Drew McIntyre killing it. <laughs> Bobby Lashley as well. So, uh, yeah, just... It's, it's, 
decent time for champions. <laughs> Good to see. After last year with just run of complaints where going into WrestleMania, the champions were Goldberg and Brock Lesnar. And now you've actually got current guys as champion going in. Roman Reigns and, Drew, and Bobby Lashley. Uh, yeah, Bobby Lashley's a full-timer. He counts as current. <laughs> and they're against... you got likely going to have Danny Bryan in there with Edge as well. So you've got more, like, current guys in the main events. It's like, yeah, it's... Finally. <laughs> it's been long enough. We haven't... Before this year. I think, I think this year finally counts. This is kind of like my final message before I go choo-choo and end the show. And I'm not kidding about the choo-choo bit. <laughs> the... Like, it's been my thing for this generation... I guess from WrestleMania 2015 onwards, where the hyped main event for the show, so like the ultimate main event, has always been a WWE guy versus a legend. So, so, so a guy, the guy of now, the guy of this current generation versus somebody from the past. And Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, I guess, was the closest of that thing because Brock Lesnar was on a really hot run. That said, this generation hasn't had. A WrestleMania main event against the current crop, uh, against the current generation, they have not had a one-on-one match. This year finally breaks that. And I think got announced the two different nights where night one main event is going to be Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley, and night two is going to be Roman Reigns, Edge, Drew Mac- uh, Roman Reigns, Edge, and Daniel Bryan. Likely, it just says Universal Championship match. So, uh, yeah. So finally, it's finally happening. <laughs> yes, the ultimate main event. Does have Edge in it, but if it's got Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan in there too, then oh, they've kind of they've WrestleMania thirty'd it. Yeah, it's they found a remedy, and I, I like how that fixes because for me it's stronger than the WrestleMania thirty main event purely because you've got such clear distinctions between the characters. You've got your all-out heel in Roman Reigns, your tweener in Edge, and your pure babyface in Daniel Bryan. It's like yeah, each one fills that role really well. And then for like Raw, Bobby Lashley killing it as the, in the Hurt Business, Drew McIntyre killing it as like the top kind of top movie face guy in the show but yeah it's a good decent time for the top champions in WWE and my comment I've been making <laughs> this past year especially it finally gets debunked it finally gets broken it's no longer a thing after this year they finally had two guys of this current generation main event of Wrestlemania technically it's night one <laughs> night one is the one that doesn't have any legends in it any Hall of Famers or anything like that Night one is the one, but I feel like night two is solid enough where it technically counts. I don't know, you can disqualify me if you like. <laughs> does that fall into Roman Reigns? If Roman Reigns, Bot Lesnar doesn't count, does Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan and Edge count is my question. Because it's, it's a majority current. Majority couldn't. <laughs> anyway, uh, with that I'm going to go to bed and bid you adieu. Thank you for uh, doing all of that stuff and listening. I don't take any of it for granted. I'll be back on Thursday for the NXT review. So with that, I bid you adieu. Choo choo. <laughs> Wrestling is so silly. <laughs> choo choo. Choo choo. <laughs> I'm ending it like that. It's ending. It's doing it. Happening. Ten.